Hey, Zach, how's it going? All right, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing just dandy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't too hot today, it wasn't too cold. It's a little cold down here, though. Well, it's very hot right now for me. It's very hot, in, yeah. In this room. Oh, yeah you, oh, yeah, you have to turn your AC off so it's not making such loud noises and everything. Yeah. But hopefully this won't, we, won't, we won't necessarily keep you too long. <laughs> but we did want to talk today about uh, TV shows. So we did the, our... Uh, 10 Games That Define Us uh, a little while ago. It was one of the first videos we did for the channel. Um, and we had ideas, obviously, for doing this again with some other things. And this probably won't be the last one of this either. Um, mm -hmm. But if we focused a, a lot last week on gaming, figured we'd spend a little bit more time on other things we love. So today we were going to talk about the 10 television shows that we've watched that define us. Um, and I found myself having a little, little more trouble with this one. Uh, definitely. Um, what a dang hard prompt we have here. It's so hard to <laughs> pin down what defines you, especially yeah. when you put it in relation to this entertainment. Yeah, I, I mean, gaming is is a lot more personal because you're taking control. So yeah. I think that one's a little easier. TV shows, not as much. Uh, at least I didn't find. I think some people probably would would have easier time than probably we did, but. Um, yeah, I definitely had, uh, definitely was, it was tough. Once I started thinking about it a little more, I, I started to figure out, yeah, these are, I think these are the ones that I would, I would put down. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so. I mean, I've grown particularly passionate about television over the past couple of years. And like, as I was studying that kind of stuff in college too, I got more into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've obviously always been surrounded by television growing up, but just never looked at it the same way as I do now. Yeah. So uh, it's it was hard to balance like should I do a lot of things from growing up or from now? I don't know, but I ultimately came down to like try to do things that I would still enjoy today. And yeah. most of them t ended up being ones that are more recent anyway for me. But I tried to like pin down each like element of things I like in television and in general that right. can be reflected through this. So Right. We'll see. Yeah. Well, so I guess I don't remember if you started last time or if I did. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you first to start off to start us off. So okay. what would you say is your and this again, like last time, these weren't in any particular order for me. Um, I'm assuming probably not yeah. for you either. But um, so I guess start us off with the first one you want to at least talk about. Okay, so this is one we've talked about on this channel. A hot it's, dog. It's, it's up to almost its 40th season. That's oh, survival. I wonder what show. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder what show this is. <laughs> it's the only show that we've talked about so far. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I feel like it had to be there because it's such a reflection of not only just probably the show I love the most and just the most passionate about talking about mm -hmm. and in general because I like I watch a lot of podcasts about it. I'm really in depth on and talking about the nuances. Yeah. Almost like a sports fan kind of. But at the same time, it kind of reflects a lot of the stuff. I like cool mind games and social politicking kind of things. Mm -hmm. They're so cool to me. So it kind of reflects that. And Survivor is kind of representative of a group of shows. Like Big Brother is also really big for me, but it's kind of batched in with this. You know, it's like Survivor's representative for that. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's such... It's it really deserves to be known by more people like how cool of a show it is and 
it's uh, stuck under this stigma of reality television and yeah it's unfortunate but like every every person i know watches survivor is really hardcore into survivor because they just know how good it is and they're like there's some of the most hardcore fans out there Mm -hmm. so it's like it's one of those things you have to dip your toes into it and then that's when you'll get into it but on the outside it's hard to really understand the full appeal or the full authenticity of it too yeah yeah so yeah okay very cool yeah so when i was when i was kind of looking at mine um i was thinking about shows kind of like i was thinking about a little different i know different reality shows i've watched through like growing up i definitely watched some american idol growing up um I really like game shows a lot, but I figured, eh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I like watching Jeopardy, and I liked uh, I liked The Price is Right <laughs> when I was a little kid. I used to love watching The Price is Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of, I personally tended a little bit more towards scripted shows. Um, I think that um, in a lot of cases, um, that just that just seems to be kind of where where most of my taste lies in in sort of exploring fiction and. Um, I think TV shows are really interesting at exploring sort of long-term character development and character arcs through through uh, the means of multiple episodes. So you, you get to spend... So movies sort of have the disadvantage of you have to, you know, obviously you have a limited time to develop a complete narrative in a story. But um, so going, going into that idea of a long-form sort of TV... Um, one where we actually get to see the characters grow up through our whole through you know through their whole adolescence and teenage years and adulthood. Uh, my first show is Boy Meets World. That's exactly what I was thinking when you were talking um, about that. Yeah, uh, I I loved the show growing up. Um, I it's and I've gone back and watched some of it uh, a little bit more recently, and it still holds up. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely. It a lot of these shows, a lot of the the sort of I guess Disney esque fare. I don't know if this originally aired on Disney or was an ABC show. I don't. It definitely I'm kind was. Of, it definitely was ABC at some point. I think I, it I was think ABC it, the whole time. I think originally it was ABC, and I think once it entered syndication, I think Disney had a hold of it, and other other uh, channels have it now because it's you know right. well past well past the uh, the the. Um, the years of being on the air um but yeah i really enjoyed this show uh a lot growing up um i think it speaks to a lot of really pertinent issues in a very in a way that that doesn't talk down and it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel like shoehorned or like ham-fisted where i think a lot of shows of this vein these days um and i mean I will be the first to admit that I don't really watch tons of that anymore because I'm 27. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, I just get the sense based on the little bits and pieces I've seen of a lot of shows like this is that they don't necessarily, it almost feels like they're just checking boxes mm-hmm. where I, and, and maybe the show did that. I, I guess I don't necessarily know <laughs> the, the history of, uh, adolescent uh, uh, dramas, you know, after-school special type <laughs> uh, dramas and everything, but um, but I've found that this show does a really good job of um, 
of meeting, I guess, meeting its audience where it is, at least, at least in terms of nineties kids. <laughs> Again, I don't, um, probably some of it is probably kind of dated now. Um, but I think, I think overall it has a lot of really good messages, um, for, for, for the youths, uh, for kids, um, for, uh, and adolescents, teenagers, and it, it explores a lot of things like relationships, friendship, uh, love and sex, um, family, uh, and a whole host of everything else that can fit in between there in, in modern life. And I think it does it from a, like I said, I think it does it from in a way that doesn't trivialize it or, or, or speak down to, to its audience. Um, and I really like that a lot. That's, that's something that I like in writing where it, you're not being preached at per se. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're, you're able to sort of grapple with topics the way the same way the characters are, and it doesn't hurt that you have a, a very talented cast of kid actors, and uh, the writing is very funny, um, and it stayed funny from its first season all the way through um, post college. So, um, gotta hand it to them there for sure. Yeah, so. there's something to be said about these shows that have a legacy behind them that are like there are so many. Show there's so many shows like Boy Meets World in that genre that come out, but yeah. rarely do they have such a lasting effect, and you actually get to see the actors grow up in this way. It's like because mm -hmm. I hear so many people from that time period that love Boy Meets World, and it's yeah. like means something to a lot of people. So, moving right along, I've got one that kind mm -hmm. of like again I tried to touch on different aspects of things I enjoy through right. each of these. And one of them is really fantasy, world building, and really great characters that are super lovable and relatable, yet in a fantasy made-up environment. And then mm -hmm. this one, I had to put it in here, is Game of Thrones. I figured <laughs> as much. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's got a lot of criticism from the last couple episodes, but I think these people really need to... <laughs> sit down and look at, at what Game of Thrones gave us the first seven, seven and a half seasons. It was really incredible. Incredible world building from George R. R. Martin and uh, one of the best casts I've seen in television. There's a reason it became literally the most popular show on television. Mm -hmm. Which, like, loses some of the charm for me when things become super mainstream. Because it's like, I was, I was a fan before it was so cool. <laughs> and now I have to, had to endure the for the past couple of seasons the memes on Twitter and the gifs. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this is what it's been brought down to. But uh, it was su such a super impactful show for me, like really sparking my love for television in, in like in terms of modern television and really becoming passionate about it. Mm. And just some of the my favorite characters like Tyrion, who is like probably one of my top five characters of all time who like they managed to do something crazy with a, like a world that's clearly fantasy and I think Peter Dinklage said it best uh, not word for word but he said something along the lines of it's a show that has dragons and has characters but it has more of the emphasis on the characters than the dragons and mm. like they don't just like throw dragons in your face the whole show that kind of thing they really push the character development and the interpersonal 
relationships and again that social politicking is involved but any show that can there are several scenes in the show that have like really impacted me emotionally and any show that can do that is really really important and I think it's kind of a big part of me like a show that defines me for sure yeah yeah well I mean kind of like you were saying uh, it's it's been one of the most popular shows on television and it's really kickstarted uh, a lot of careers um, you see a lot of the names and the actors and actresses that have been in the show now have a name because of it um, mm -hmm. because they they didn't just make a series of films they made a long form series um, you get to be with these characters and really understand them at least the ones that lived uh, for a long period of time and that that clearly has had an impact I think that's it really I would say Game of Thrones has kind of helped lead to the rise of TV that's taken seriously television that's taken seriously as well as um, I mean I think that's kind of why streaming services have been taking off too because you get more more time and more development world building as you put it um, just thanks to the format and I think that's kind of where movies are starting to sort of struggle a little bit to find that same ground and that same audience um, yeah, so, yeah at the same time it's like kind of like Marvel did it takes something which clearly if you look at it on paper is super nerdy like a fantasy yeah. world of dragons and a made-up language and all these things it's but, it's his it's George R. R. Martin's fanfic about the War of the Roses. Yeah, in a fan, and, in a fantasy setting, <laughs> and, and yet it's it's taken so well from the public, which is crazy to see how the public, like general general public, are so passionate and are hyped about this show for so long, and it's mm. it's crazy how much it impacted the the landscape there. Yeah. So my next one is one that um, I'm gonna just look at my list as to which one I want to talk about next. So yeah, I'll talk about. So um, growing up, um, and many of my friends will tell you uh, that I still make reference to this in uh, all kinds of ways. In um, and not just not just the one series, but um, throughout its films, uh, its multiple series, um, it's definitely had a huge impact on me in terms of my enjoyment of science fiction and um, exploring topics through the lens of the future uh, and that's uh, Star Trek The Next Generation um, it's, it's a show I had seen a lot growing up um, my older brothers really really loved uh, that series, they probably had seen the whole thing uh, much earlier than, than I did um, by that I mean, they could under sort of understand a lot of the topics and everything that was being handled, and I think they watched it more regularly than I did because I can only remember seeing like a handful of episodes when I was a little kid. But but uh, the next generation in particular, um, and I do want to give special mention to DS9, which I really I've been enjoying recently because um, I think that does a really good job doing much of the same things that the next generation does. But but even though you know even though the the Trek series can sometimes fall a little bit into the alien of the week kind of mindset of oh we're just gonna like go do this and then everything resets at the end of the episode and it's just like this another scenario with the same characters um there is a definite growth um and development over and it's slow 
it's a slow progression over the seven seasons of of the show and i think that leads a little bit more to to a sense of realism um that characters aren't necessarily undergoing a drastic earth-shattering change uh every season but it's sort of a slow steady progression um as people learn different things experience new uh uh adventures and encounter new uh new alien creatures and uh and sort of grapple with different topics uh star trek has always even back in the 60s was kind of a little i would sort of on the cutting edge of of uh what you could do on tv um the original star trek was i think the first um the first kiss between a white man and a black woman on television which led it to because it was the 60s it led it to being banned in a lot of uh a lot of tv stations Mm. in the south um and i think that kind of i think that was sort of what started that its end of its run on tv but it was it was bold um in what it was trying to do and the next generation i wouldn't necessarily say that it's quite so bold but it does tackle a lot of topics that weren't necessarily being spoken about in the late 80s and early 90s um i I think it's still there's still a a desire and a yearning for a show like that today um which is why oftentimes you'll see uh fans uh kind of complaining about star trek discovery which is the newest show and it'll be and they'll be kind of like well at least we have the orville which is the sci-fi this is a sci-fi show that Seth MacFarlane is doing on Fox, which is basically feels a lot like Star Trek in in terms of how and how it plays out. It just because the if you if you look at it at face value, the action in that show is is like lame by today's standards. Um, definitely, it's not like it's definitely limited by a certain budget. I mean, it, it, at its at the time, it was definitely pretty cool to see some of the stuff. Uh, special effects and things like that on TV um, hasn't necessarily aged the best, but the point the point of the show isn't necessarily about the cool tech or the the amazing special effects. It's really grounded. It's really about uh, the characters and um, and the problems that they have to deal with. Um, and it's it's always interesting because even though even though. <laughs> I don't necessarily. I have. I have definitely uh, come to understanding, and you know, over over time and and things. I don't. <laughs> I don't have the same political leanings. I don't think as Gene Roddenberry. Um, but I think that. I think having an idyllic view of the future, and having this idea of humanity finally figuring things out in the future, I, I think it's nice and it's refreshing. Um, a lot of a lot of shows these days have a very bleak and I would say arguably realistic view of humanity and, right. and, the, and its realism. But I think that having, having a humanity that has sort of figured things out and is able to solve interpersonal problems relatively with, without too much violence or interpersonal conflict, at least until like, unless there's no other options type of thing. Um, I think, I think it's hopeful. And I think that that's, important to have um i think it's interesting that to to sort of explore that a little bit um you know obviously i don't think we're ever going to get to a point where (laughs) where that necessarily happens um just having a realistic view of things but i i i do at least admire that 
that Roddenberry and after he passed during the next generation's run on TV, but they they were willing to to still stick with that that vision uh, to a certain extent. So, um, so yeah, TNG, uh, big props. If uh, if you get me going long enough uh, talking about something, I will find some way to make a Star Trek reference, and most of my friends can can mm-hmm. uh, can attest to that. <laughs> Yeah, Star oh. Star Trek is so foreign to me that I have, I have such little knowledge of it. It, it's it's it is certainly the probably one of the geekiest shows that's right? that's out there, but it's um. I don't know. It's to me, it's always been. I I've always found such, the ability for it to explore such interesting topics through through the lens of the future, um mm-hmm. and 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 to do to just do things on TV that wasn't seen um, or that weren't seen. So like uh, deep space nine was really great. Cause it was um, the, he finally became captain. He wasn't captain in the beginning, but uh, uh, Benjamin Cisco and having a healthy relationship, a very positive relationship of, uh, of a black man and his son. And that was what Avery, uh, Cisco loved about the show is that how like how great is it to have this as the front runner of your show you can't you, there's um there hadn't necessarily been anything like that on TV before um in in that in that regard um uh at least not in terms of a a fantasy sort of thing i mean you have like family matters and things like that but um in terms of a drama um Things like that hadn't necessarily been explored on TV, and I, you know, I think that that's that's part of its legacy. I think is people, because that's definitely. I don't think those shows are going away from Netflix anytime soon. People definitely still love watching them. I still love watching the the Star Trek shows. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they're uh, definitely worth a watch. Um, but I think you you probably do kind of have to be the certain a certain kind of person to to yeah. really get a ton out of it, but. Sci-fi is more than just about the science, the science part of it, for sure, and that's why I like uh, shows that do that. Well, so yeah. sorry, I kind of r- rambled there a little bit, but I, I do like I do like my Star Trek. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of exploring different topics through the lens of the mm. future, mm. this next one is the complete opposite. It's Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> that's more up my alley. Is the bleak outlook on life. Bleak, hey, hey, I like my bleak shows too. Don't don't get me wrong. <clears throat> right, um, except I, I just watched season five recently. The last episode, yeah. a little suspect. I'll, I can go into oh, detail oh, yeah? on that, but <laughs> <laughs> it was an episode with Miley Cyrus in it. Oh, 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 okay. I think I saw that she was in one. Yeah. Yeah. So you haven't seen any of Black Mirror, right? No, I think. I don't think so. Was that the one? Was there, like, a very? I think I don't know if it was the first episode, but I know there was an episode in the first season that was like really controversial, and like it was oh, very sure. like. I, I as far as I'm remembering, I think it was. I thought it was Black Mirror. With a pig. Where it had like, yes. Okay, that's yes, it. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first episode. That's they got the ball rolling. Yeah, I was like, dang, that's some that's some dark dark subject matter. I really love. That's why I wanted to have this here. I really love the exploration of like dark subject matter, and mm. trying to like. You, there's like definitely with each episode. There's 
discussions to be had revolving around what's going on and just I really love their take and how it's one of those shows where it's not completely you don't have to watch every episode in order necessarily though there are little easter eggs here and there if you do watch them in order but mm-hmm. it's one of those where each episode you have a chance to have fresh actors a fresh a what the heck what happened? <laughs> you minimized your Skype window for a sec. So I got, we got a flash from my desktop. <laughs> so, 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 what you're saying? They, um, so is it kind of episodic, kind of like Twilight Zone? Twilight sort Zone, of, very, where it's like, exact. That's exactly yeah. how it's often described as a modern Twilight Zone with, like, even more in-depth, high-tech stuff going on as well. And okay, yeah, so. I think it's a really cool thing for a TV show to have is that it gives a chance for like when the actors to come in, they're really going to give their all and you get a lot of diversity mm. in terms of setting from each one and the plot's completely different each episode. So there's a lot to enjoy and it's unexpected each episode you go into it, but you know there's still that Black Mirror touch of like really putting in kind of an intellectual take on Usually it revolves around some sort of futuristic technology involved in some aspect and like how that impacts someone's life or different mm. decisions that go on there. So it's really cool to see. I, I'm just really a fan of shows that can spark conversations and things like that. That would actually be a cool one for us to do like a series on because we could actually have, there's like full discussions you could have about each episode. Um, yeah. But mm. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worth a shot. Like I said, the most recent episode was very strange. It was like a complete departure. You know, it's kind of similar to people's criticisms of Game of Thrones. The last, most recent season, last couple episodes, it was like, did a complete 180 to what we're used to. It was almost like a Disney Channel original movie. It was a very strange. Oh, that's very. That sounded. Uh, I don't know how I like that. The sound of that. It was very strange. I want to make a video talking about it at some point, but it's like, this is not my Black Mirror. I was watching my with my brother. We watched every episode together, and yeah. I'm like, halfway through, I'm, I look over and it's just like, what's going on here? This is not. <laughs> yeah. Miley Cyrus, what's going huge. on? Yeah. <laughs> And I was like optimistic because they have they've had, I guess they haven't really had celebrity cameos, but I, I was optimistic that Black Mirror would really handle that well. But I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. hopefully they they turn it around in the next season. But still, as a, as a whole, the show is really cool. I'm mean, and I really want to finish the Twilight Zone as well, but I, I've mm-hmm. only watched a couple episodes of that. But it's definitely, yeah. and in terms of production, it's on another level. It's just everything's so well done. Well, on the on the subject of uh, of, of kind of like a little darker, um, this is gonna this is probably gonna surprise you because you probably literally never heard of the show, and I don't I highly doubt anyone that is watching <laughs> this has ever, ever heard of this show. Um, but uh, I love mysteries, and in particular, I love British mysteries. So uh, your Sherlock's, your Poirots, your Midsummer Murders. Uh, I there's a whole host of uh, all Agatha Christie stuff, you know, well, Poirot is Agatha Christie, but all of her her stuff, Miss Marple. Um, I love mysteries. Um, they're just, there's just a really great thing. I love sitting down with my family and watching a, a good British mystery. Um, and 
one of my favorite ones that's a lot more recent um, is called Endeavor. Okay. Um, From My Hero Academia. He's the villain. <laughs> no. No. <Nope. Okay>. Um, <laughs> so there was a... Um, there was a particularly uh, very well-regarded um, mystery series back in the 80s called Inspector Morse. Um, and there was a sequel series to that that came out in like the mid late 2000s called Lewis, where his, um, his uh, detective sergeant basically took the reins of Detective Chief, Chief Inspector and sort of went along him taking over the reins after he passed away. Um, but Endeavor is a prequel series to Inspector Morse, so it takes place in the... 50s uh and 60s um so it's it's definitely it's a period drama in in that sense so um clothing and technology and everything like that is taken with the utmost care and and seriousness um Mm -hmm. but there was one episode of the show in its very first season that still to this day has stood out as one of my favorite episodes of tv ever um, and, um, it's just, it, the way that it, it wasn't even necessarily like the best mystery I've ever seen where it was kind of like, Oh, like where it was like a huge revelation or anything like that. Like you kind of sort of knew who the, who did it the kind of a little bit, at least I did. I kind of had kind of figure out who had done it fairly early on, but it was, it was the complexity of the material and how, um, like how the 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 killer had um sort of uh, interworked with the different themes how he'd sort of manipulated morse whose first name is endeavor which is where the the series gets his name his first name was endeavor morse which you never knew throughout the whole as far as i remember you never knew that that was his first name throughout the the whole original series he'd never he just didn't use his first name he just went by morse but I just, it just had me, I had, was so, like, satisfied by that episode, period, that I was like, from then on, I was like, this is, this is my favorite show, like, on TV. Um, and since then, I, every season hasn't disappointed. There has not been a single episode, really, that I can think of that I've been like, wow, I, eh, not, it's not really as good, that, the production values, the editing, the cinematography, the acting, the writing, it's all there and it's all just so so good. It definitely isn't a you know, it's it's a murder mystery show, so it's not going to have an upbeat uh you know, look on things, but but it's it just it's so so good, so enjoyable. Um I've just I think that that to me is is all all it's all I could ever want in a mystery show because a lot of times they can just be pretty rote in terms of cinematography and and editing they can be pretty basic but this one really kind of goes above and beyond in that in that regard and to me that's what makes it so much so much more than some of its contemporaries so that's that's it for me that's that's that one for me very nice yeah. Well, I can't really transition from that. There's nothing for nope, me. Nope. <laughs> not really. It's not not really easy to from that one. Yeah. I don't have any mystery shows on here though. I've only watched a couple episodes of Sherlock. I really like it, but I kind of want to watch show. that with my family too. Actually. Um, yeah, that one that one has really good editing and cinematography too. Um, the writing is a bit more upbeat. 
Um, it's definitely uh, Stephen Moffat. Um, you can it's his ilk, um, and uh, definitely that's his um, where he's cut his chops. And a little bit, I'll I'll talk a little bit more about him a little later on. Oh. But uh, yeah, spoilers for for the future if you know who Stephen Moffat is. But what is your what's your next one? All right, so this one is one I've literally watched the entire series this year for the first <laughs> time. All right. And I feel like I had to touch on, as I'm trying to touch on all the aspects of things I like, I had to touch on good comedy, good sense mm-hmm. of humor, right up my alley, The Office. Mm. <laughs> awesome pick. Now, this is one that's always been just regurgitated at me so often the office is so good like mm-hmm. everyone's like all these questions that i see of people answering what's what's the show you binge and watch the most the office what do you yes. what do you want what should i watch on netflix watch the office <laughs> watch it again it's, rewatch it it's probably like the go-to like what to just put on in the background show on netflix yeah i would, I would be surprised if it wasn't the most watched netflix show actually yeah and the thing was just i instantly fell in love with this show and it's like right up my alley in terms of the sense of humor and mm. it's kind of hard to actually get me to laugh out loud for things in general mm-hmm. even though i really enjoy comedies often I'll, even if it, i think it's funny i'll just be like silent nice <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but this one actually gets me to laugh out loud a lot of times and a lot yeah. of really great characters and it does some great things that I admire like the fact that the entire office every character has lines it's not just like some extras in the background every character is one you come to know at least to some extent and mm-hmm. a lot of them you stick with the whole way and you were mentioning how it's uh, kind of not seen as well the last couple of seasons yeah, there's the particularly the post, um, and especially particularly the Robert California period of The Office, um, I def- is pretty, yeah, I definitely pretty rough it, for most people. But I I still really really enjoyed it. I think just the bar was set so high in the first seasons, kind of paling yeah. comparison. But if you look at those, even Robert California's era, I think that by itself is is still a great show. When you can binge it, it's pro- it's a little bit more manageable because you can get through it in a shorter period of time. This is at least this is my perspective. I don't know if this is actually the case. Yeah, so you haven't um, you haven't seen these last couple of seasons. I haven't right? I haven't seen I haven't seen the full. I heard the last season, for the most part, people usually have a a very good say. It sort of came back came to came back to its own in the last season. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, usually it's like the 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 last couple before that one in particular. People are a little a little less. Uh, favorable i get that but i think it's still as like even solid through, yeah. yeah even through some of the minor slumps i think like i was still laughing every episode and yeah. the fact they were able to do that after is very impressive because mm-hmm. like you got to see some other characters more and it still worked but um definitely michael scott's one of my favorite characters ever oh yeah brilliant he's it's amazing character yeah, but just um, the, the dynamics of the office in general are really good. Everyone, even like the straight, straight characters like Phyllis, who are like more serious, like not necessarily making crazy remarks the whole time. Like they balance it out really well. 
Yeah, so this is one I'll definitely remember for a long time. And I mean, the fact that it's a comedy and they still had some great serious relationships in as well, which mm-hmm. like Jim and Pam, which obviously is like an iconic television relationship for a reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just become so attached to these characters. It's impressive that there were some really emotional moments as well. Even with, in, in relation to Michael Scott specifically, there's some really emotional moments, and it's like, he's such an outrageous and, like, blatantly offensive character <laughs> for a while, especially early on, that it's like, it's amazing yeah. that you come to really like him as a character still. Yeah, especially in the first season, because that was a lot more like the British office in the first season, mm-hmm. where he was he was a little bit more like Ricky Gervais' character, who's just an outright jerk to everyone, um, whereas... Michael Scott sort of developed more into a lovable kind of, kind of blissfully ignorant character. Yeah. Um, where it's not necessarily he's a, he's purposely a jerk. He's just he's just stupid, <laughs> basic mm-hmm. more or less. So um, yeah. But it's like, yeah. yeah, I totally get why everyone's in love with the show, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Even when I wasn't watching, I could I knew how much of a phenomenon The Office was. The fact that yeah. It's like loved almost universally. It's crazy that because comedies are often very polarizing and it's like a very particular sense of humor. You're going to take a liking to it, but this has somehow united so many people, even when it's not yeah. perfectly like clean comedy either. It's like a lot of hard hitting stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's the because a lot of the comedy in The Office is based on on a lot of awkward situations i would say a lot of awkwardness and kind of uncomfortability and i think i think the thing that that really lends itself to that is the fact that it doesn't have a laugh track um lends to those quiet moments of really awkward uncomfortableness um that's kind of where like to me some of the gold of the comedy is really um and through so, this like I, mock documentary fil- style filming like they literally yeah. put everything in the framing of we're filming a documentary for this show and mm-hmm. that's why there's a cameraman there and that's why people are looking at the camera it's really cool how they use that as like a technique to tell the story too very mm-hmm. cool and like you're able to have like straight up confessionals a la survivor with these fictional yeah. characters yeah and actually no, it was, I, it was I, interesting i noticed the actual like straight up survivor references in in a couple of the early seasons too <laughs> that you probably don't get if you aren't watching it out of curiosity, what's what's your favorite episode of the show? Favorite episode? <laughs> That's so if you, I mean, if you can't think, yeah. of, if you can't think of one, I, I have one right. I have one right off the top of my head. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it's the it's the episode about the commercial. Okay. Uh, where they're filming the the commercial for for Dunder Mifflin. Uh-huh. That's that's yeah. it's usually one of my favorites. I I love. I love that episode. It's very funny and it has a really sweet resolution at the end. So. Yeah, there are um, a lot of really, really great ones. I have to definitely rewatch it, but definitely yeah. the episode with like the big Jim and Pam moment. That's a great episode. Yeah. The uh, and the episode where there was the uh, I forget what it was called exactly, but the fire drill that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah, the fire drill. That was right after the Super Bowl. That was when that one aired. Just a. I remember staying up to watch it. It just was a, awesome. A brilliant sequence. Of just mass chaos breaking loose, and you know, it's probably my favorite scene in the whole show. 
Oh yeah, that was so great. brilliant! Like, <laughs> and Oscar's like in the ceiling, and Angel's like, "Take my cat!" <laughs> and falls through the ceiling. Just oh, so much, yeah. so much to love in there. I realize I didn't have a comedy on mine. I I do appreciate a good comedy like The Office. Um, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't really have any way to transition this other than mm-hmm. I teased him earlier. So Stephen Moffat, who is the uh, who is a writer and was for a brief period of time the showrunner on my next favorite show uh my next show i'd say that defines me is doctor who okay Okay. um it's it's another sci-fi fair i'd say doctor who is a little bit more of a fantasy show than it is necessarily sci-fi um yes there's like time travel but there's so much more fantastical elements in it um it's hard to really call it like it's not hard hitting sci-fi like star trek by any means it feels a lot more like in terms of its science fiction elements, I would say it's a little bit more in league with Star Wars, if even even slightly, arguably more fantastical than even Star Wars. Um, but um, that's, I suppose, a, a different topic for another time. But mm-hmm. um, Doctor Who's great strengths lie in um, the first three. Se- the first three was it three or four? So the first four seasons of their series is what they call it. Um, but the first four series are are headed by uh, Russell T. Davies, who had a very specific um, setup and payoff structure to his um, to a lot of his writing. Um, oh, and, don't, and a lot of don't spoil but, anything significant. Cause oh I, no 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 I'm no! I'm, watching, not, I'm not. I'm, I know, I'm I know. not going to spoil anything significant. But I'm um, I'm still watching. I've only watched Christopher Eccleston and then like. Um, so uh, most of the way through David, David Tennant, actually. Okay. Um, once, once after that, it sort of transitions into a little bit more bombastic, uh, zany, high energy. I don't want to say that Doctor Who before, uh, before Moffat took over wasn't that, but it it has that and more. Um, and his uh, the Eleventh Doctor is my favorite. Um, uh, so. Um, absolutely love that era of Doctor Who, but there's there's certainly no ten. David Tennant is easily my fa- uh, second favorite. Um, that that part of the show I think is some of its greatest strengths. But I will also say, uh, the Twelfth Doctor um, has some of probably my singular favorite episode of the show is during that era. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still a lot a lot of great stuff. Um, ahead of you um but what i really liked is how even even through different show head transitions um maybe a little a little less on the more recent season but you can certainly tell or i i should actually say it's it's harder to tell because of how well it's how good it stays consistent being true to its past but also uh charting ahead for new territories in terms of of writing and um, entertainment and spectacle. At the same time, it, it's a show that does a really good job of staying consistent to to just being fun and entertaining. It's a show that's it's hard not to have a good time while you're watching Doctor Who. Um, and the the incredible thing is, is that even though there's show heads, all the episodes, a lot like a lot of TV shows, but. Um, because so many of the episodes are written by different people, um, the, the way 
despite that, the way that they're able to continue story threads and plot threads through episodes where they have a guest writer or someone comes in to, to write an episode, um, they, you know, sprinkling little lines in here and there um, to help keep it sort of as a narrative thrust, as a linear plot going going forward. I, I really like how how the show's able to to uh, I guess I, I'm kind of getting lost in what I'm trying to say about it, but mm-hmm. wibbly wobbly timey wimey is good. Yeah. <laughs> the way it's able to the way it's able to to do all the time travel stuff and still kind of make it consistent and comprehensible for a general audience is fun. I think the Moffat stuff might be a little too complicated in some aspects because it does double down a little bit on um, on the complexities of time travel. Um, and, and that there are setups for things that there have, that there aren't payoffs for until like two, two series later in his writing. So he's, he played the long game in, in his setup, whereas most of Davies writing his setups are, have a payoff at, at the end of the season. Um, and so I think some of that could probably frustrate people, but I, I like, because I like anime, I like complicated plots of things. Um, and I like, I like that long game idea. I like the teasing things, maybe have sprinkling some answers in here and there, maybe having a resolution, but still having a little bit of like, Oh, maybe there's not, it's not totally resolved yet. And there's still like a little bit like, well, that never really got explained until you finally at long last sort of get, get a resolution. Um, and I, I like the fact that they're able to, from my recollection anyway, pretty much everything that's set up pays off, admits all the wacky time travel shenanigans, uh, all the complex plots and things. Um, they're still able to have very relatable characters in both the doctor as well as his companions. Not every single plot, like like the next generation, like Star Trek, not every single episode is going to be as good as the last. But they're they're not all exactly the same. You never ne- necessarily know what you're what you're going to get um, from the next episode, and I really like that a lot um, about the show. It's variety amidst uh, being a time travel show, um, and and that's that's really great. So, um, like I said, the most recent season a little bit more controversial because it breaks from a lot of traditions from traditional doctor who um it's definitely not one of my favorites uh i'd probably say i'd probably honestly say it might be my least favorite season um but i still found myself really really enjoying it uh i was not a hater i I wasn't (laughs) because most recent doctor is a woman so that led to a lot of Mm -hmm. a lot of hard feelings i was i i admittedly was very reluctant to be totally accepting because it's traditionally a, a male role um i think she was great uh, I think she is a very great doctor. I think she's going to be, she's going to come into her own. I think in future seasons. I just don't really necessarily like the direction they took with the writing, and the and sort of the style of the season. Um, so I'm hoping that that can sort of be resolved. Um, the kink sort of resolved with a new showrunner. But but yeah, it's a show that I always look forward to new seasons for, and and will continue to continue to be a, a fan of. Uh, through thick and thin, so she was in an episode of Black Mirror too. That actress. Oh, um, yeah, I'm I'm totally blanking on names right now, but yeah, she's she's great. Um, she was in uh, Broadchurch as well, which is a great show. Yeah, so it was yeah, I was kind of gonna ask earlier that I've never really mm-hmm. talked to anyone in detail about Doctor Who, obviously because I'm not caught near caught up on it. But 
it's, it always interests me shows with such a long long history like if there's ever yep. like it's one of the most loyal fan bases as well so i'm like was there any moments or any seasons where it was like clear quality drop that you thought there was was there like are there particular doctors that you just like do not like at all that made it hard to watch or is it like somehow still consistent throughout so it's 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 hard to talk about the history of doctor who without talking about before the sort of the the soft reboot of the franchise um which is hard to really call even call it a soft reboot because it is still it's still set after the events of all of the seasons from the from like the 60s 70s 80s it's still Um, the ninth doctor it starts with it's still the ninth yep and it's still very consistent very traditional with that and that's that's one thing that's really cool about it is that it does for the for the fans of that old show there's plenty of references tons of references actually um to that legacy and that's really cool because a lot of the writers of that show were fans of that when they were kids they loved watching doctor who and that that's that's really neat about it so in terms of that old um the old series definitely there was a lot of politics in the bbc during different different times of the uh different eras of doctor who Mm. um i think people generally say that everything post um uh peter davidson uh was was probably not as good and some of that's just due to writing uh conflicts with producers things like that so colin baker and um oh uh guy after him whose name is escaping me but uh the so doctor seven and eight uh no doctor six and seven as well as doctor eight because um he all he had was a movie and it was very i've had, that's one thing i have seen it's not very good <laughs> it's pretty bad um and it's because they tried to like americanize it it was very weird but uh so like that kind of era was sort of like the the on its last legs doctor who i'd say in terms of the new series um yeah it's hard to say um i think fans in general uh are always very reluctant when there's a new doctor from from my from kind of what i'm i've picked up i'd say the the first season of uh peter capaldi is probably even though it does have my favorite episode uh of doctor who i would say it's it's probably probably one of the weakest seasons as well as the most recent one uh which i think is series 11 uh and i'd say series series one is also probably the weakest i mean you've got like farting aliens in that one and it's like very <laughs> bizarre and immature and it's it's weird because there's nothing else there's nothing else really like that in any of the other series uh series so it's very very strange um <laughs> that being said i i love yeah i love i love chris eccleston though they were like they would like fart and then laugh they have like the weird laugh uh so yeah the slovene such a weird such a weird thing and they showed up in more than one episode that was the thing that bothered me it was like i was like why are they more than one why are they back yeah i'd say i'd say fans are usually again they're pretty resistant to change so in the most recent season uh there were a lot of people that were really upset really angry because that's a woman doctor and i mean like i wasn't i wasn't on board either but i was at least willing to give it a shot and i liked it i mean again it's it's not not my favorite i think it's probably the weakest but I think if they can if they can kind of harken back to what made the show great in the first place, then I think they've got something really special for the next the next series, which will be next year. So, but we'll 
we'll see. All right. So my last show that mm-hmm. quote unquote defines me yeah. is American Idol. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Wow. How about that? <laughs> okay. Cool. You mentioned it briefly, but I I did. I, I liked watching it growing up. Yeah. Honestly, for sure. it was a it was a very hard decision me narrowing down to those five. But I'm like I cared covered a lot of different aspects. You got Survivor. You got The Office for comedy, Game of Thrones for fantasy and characters, Black Mirror for intellectual kind of thought-provoking stuff. American Idol is more of, this is what I, a show I really grew up with for so many years. Mm-hmm. I watched up until, me and my family all loyally watched every episode up until like season 11 is when we dropped off. And then mm-hmm. we came back for like this new season uh, reboot that they did on ABC, which was okay, but I haven't watched the most recent one after that. But just the impact that American Idol has had on me is just it was always a family tradition to watch. And mm-hmm. in terms of music, growing up, I didn't really follow many artists. You know, I was a Britney Spears fan. I was, that was my first crush when I was like a very young age, way too young. <laughs> Britney Spears, and then besides that, I didn't have very specific artists I followed. So most of my music knowledge came from American Idol. Like a lot of the classic songs I knew by word for word are because they were like done so often on American Idol. Um, yeah, and really, I mean, music is a much bigger part of my life now than it was then but that kind of was always keeping it present in my life for a while mm-hmm. and again it was just a f- one of the first family traditions like to watch shows together and that often obviously became a big part of tv shows for us like we watched all survivor big brother and all those shows together and then i mean i watched all the office with my mom we all watched lost together and you know there's yeah. a, lo- a lot of different shows we watched together now, and American Idol was the first big one that we all really rallied behind. And like, cool. and like, finales were such a huge deal back then, and like the winner oh, reveals. Yeah. You can't tell you how, like, I was as into American Idol at the time as I am into Survivor now. I would like obsess over like rewatching finale moments and great performances and whatnot. So, so yeah, I feel well, like that should be the one representative. Most of these other shows were more modern, so yeah. I had to have some sort of representative. It was kind of torn between a few, but that one was pretty big because of music. Yeah, I mean, I have I had a lot of a lot of ones in contention for runners up and things, and I I ended up with going something a little more modern, uh, something I've really kind of fallen in love with, um, in terms of Survivor. Of... No, <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, I like Survivor. I'm, I'm actually I'm really glad that we started uh, started watching that because it's uh, it's mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's completely 100% changed my mind about reality shows, but I, I would say I'm a, more, a lot more open to them now. The um, reality because... shows changed my mind. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so... No, we'll check back in ten years and see if it's a show that defines if... you then. Yeah, because <laughs> I've literally been watching that show for years now. It has to have been at least a decade. Yeah, so. probably. But um, my my show, my final show is uh, Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, um, that's definitely one I'm a fan of. Yeah, um, I really jive with a lot of what the show throws down 
so to say. So you're the picking hip up, you're picking up a lot of what is thrown I, I down. Pick, I, pick up, I pick up a lot of what is thrown down. No, I really like the series goes for a very... Uh, a very like John Carpenter Spielberg. You can tell that the that the peop, the guys behind are very huge fans of of Spielberg and uh, Carpenter and a lot of those '80s films. Um, just in the tone, in the direction, and the basically everything about the whole show is is clearly a, a, a throwback to that. There's a lot of uh, good horror elements in it. There's a lot of good character drama and interactions um character writing there's a lot of good um good action that's not just action for the sake of action but it's it's there to um to sort of enhance the the stakes um and you really can understand everything that's going on but it's a show that's decidedly set in its era and it sticks hard with that and to me i know some people get kind of upset when when uh, when a show can kind of go a little too far in the we're we're in this era, and I think you could probably argue that with Stranger Things, but it has so much more substance to it that 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 to me doesn't really it doesn't really detract from the experience. It really enhances it. The fact that it's so set in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, you have your your old school Dungeons and Dragons stuff. You've got you get your your video games. You have uh, old telephones, old landlines. That seems like such a basic thing, but um, it's probably, honestly, probably one of the reasons why a lot of a lot of movies are set during that time period these days is because with cell phones, you know, it makes it like a lot. It makes it so that the stakes are a lot less tension because it's like, oh, let me just look this thing up, you know, yeah. type of thing. Whereas, like in in the eighties, it was scary because you didn't have immediate access to somebody. If you were alone, you were literally alone. Um, yeah, your, your phone and, rings and it zaps you. There's nothing you can do about it. Like <laughs> this is like the first episode she picked up that phone. Yeah. Was like. Yeah. It's great for like horror elements in general. That kind of phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like quick, yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just I've really I've really enjoyed the just everything that that shows. The kid actors are awesome. Uh, very relatable. It's yeah. I like those coming of age stories that that uh, that have a fantastical thing like this. But um, but at the end of the day, it's really the characters themselves are very grounded because it makes it more relatable for us, the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, season two was not I don't think quite as strong as season one, but I still really enjoyed it. I even still, funnily enough, I I loved that episode in season two that everyone hates. Uh, the, the one that the just ever, one. yeah, I love that episode, I, and I, I can understand why people. I can understand why people didn't like it, um, but I liked the I liked the attempt to try something different and the um, the sort of world building that they were trying to do. I don't think they completely stuck the landing, um, yeah, but I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. Is is kind of my my two cents on that it's but. probably my fa- least favorite of the season i, I love i really like the rest of the season though i mean i just mm. feel like that episode kind asked... of, that episode kind of didn't feel like stranger things it was almost like a different show yeah 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 i i, can, I guess i can kind of see that i mean if you want to i think my criticism of season two was that it was too much like season one and the fact that that episode was so different to me showed that the series has legs when it's doing something a little different a little out of character but 
I mean, people clearly didn't like it, so maybe I'm just weird. <laughs> um, but uh, you could even you could even chalk it up to maybe similar to a lot of '80s movie sequels, and I'm not saying every single one, but a lot of them were um, took the took an approach. Some of them took the approach of like, let's just make the same movie again, just they're a little older and it's a little different, slightly different scenario. But other ones took a completely like they just went a completely different direction with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Think of like Halloween three, where it's like, oh, the first two Halloween films are basically the same movie. The third one is like, it's just an it's an anthology film that has nothing to do with anything. It's like, where did that come from? So, ah, uh, yeah, I, I can, I, I don't know. We'll see what they do with season three. I'm I very much looking forward to it. All the all the previews they shown. We'll probably talk about it uh, coming up here shortly in a in a month or so. But yeah, I, mean, um, I think season two gets a bad rap. I think. A lot of people yeah. really jumped on the hate bandwagon for that, and they were like, um, "Like I remember they released a poll of, like somewhere asking, should we do season three? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no was like seventy percent of the vote. And they were like, oh, that's not the response we were hoping for. We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think having the characters a little bit older, um, and uh, is was a good. I think taking a year off was a good idea. I think um, people felt like it should have stayed as one season and like kind of capture the magic that was that season. They don't think it'll be able to capture it again. Yeah. And well, it's... again, we'll see. We'll see with the third season. Um, I did think that the the first season, especially, was was pretty magic, magical. Um, yeah. Talk about a phenomenon. So... That's another another one. Yeah. All over the world, people are talking. Yeah, about definitely. It's a big one. Yeah. One that but... really resonated with a lot of people. Yeah, but I, I love that '80s vibe of things. I, I wish that sometimes sometimes I wish that films could be a little simpler like that uh, at times, where it's, nothing's overly complex. Things are pretty simple, but it, it lends itself very well to exploring interesting concepts and characters and story ideas when you when you have a simple baseline like that. So yeah, that's it, right? That's ten. That's that's it. That's that's ten. So we got ten unique shows here. That, that's collectively, we each have five shows that define us. Put them together, it's ten shows that define Tarkon. Bam! Cool. Beautiful. We did it again without without consulting with each other. We were able to come up with a ten, co- yeah. <laughs> five I mean, separate. The only one that was kind of close for me would be Stranger Things, but yeah, yeah. Ultimately, ultimately, I really had like five pillars of things I wanted to represent. Yeah. So yep. I mean, just looking at the list of shows I have, you can see how. <laughs> such a wide range of shows i watch yeah and mine are all kind of kind of scripted um but i try i tried to sort of encapsulate different different aspects of things that i like as well i definitely like the sci-fi type type things that's why i've got like i guess you could say three or like sci-fi fantasy but um gotta, yeah. gotta love tv sometimes it's it's interesting i i found also with these it's cool seeing because i think we me and you have shared a lot of tastes with a lot of things but it's interesting to see like how different even our, our games and this one, we do have very different like sensibilities and, and interests and tastes and things that we find as pillars. So, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, uh, yeah we didn't even mention in the beginning that this was going to be live action only. Should have made that yeah. distinction. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought I might have, but maybe I didn't did actually you? say that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. It's been a, we've been going on for far too long because I ramble when I talk about things. So, so in the future, we'll have to do some sort of animated shows that define us yep anime it'll be interesting because it's like childhood cartoons anime where do you go with that 
Yeah. And other than that, it's like films that define us. It's the only other one I can think of. Yeah. So, all right, we'll see you next time. Thank you all for right. watching. Bye-bye. Ugh. Ah. <laughs> uh, just... <laughs>